This is Raider Nation Radio 920, live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, on this Tuesday, December 28, 2021, 2 o'clock on the dot. Just got off the heels of the JT The Brick Show from noon to 2, right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, this morning, leading us off, as he always does, Clay Baker. Heidi Fang held it down as well for the morning tailgate, and uh, appreciate my time for the next couple hours behind the mic to be able to talk with Raider Nation and talk to some of our amazing guests and, of course, listeners uh, on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Of course, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. And, boy, there's a lot to talk about, isn't there? Man, there is a lot going on. My man DeMond Cotton's back in the home studio making sure everything runs correctly and holding it down in a major way behind the wheels of steel. So we definitely appreciate him and his efforts, and uh, we'll bring him into the show in a matter of seconds. But lots to get to. On Monday, found out a lot about the Raiders and their COVID issues that they're dealing with. A lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of guys that are big-time players on the defensive side of the ball. And then today, we find out that the Colts are dealing with more COVID-19 issues, including their quarterback, Carson Wentz, who I did not try to wish this on him. I would never wish injury or COVID-19 on anybody, but I did say on my podcast today, (laughs) no doubt about it, I said that Carson Wentz being unvaccinated, and we all know that he's an unvaccinated quarterback, is probably a scary thing. And if you're a team like the Colts who believe that they have an opportunity to make a deep run into the playoffs, you probably don't want your quarterback out. And, well, we found out today that he in fact, is going on the COVID-19 reserve list. Now, there's still a lot to figure out in between now and Sunday, and that's the question that I've been asked a thousand times. I've been tweeted out a thousand times. So is he playing? Is he not playing? Is the NFL and the NFLPA, are they changing the rules? And it looks like it. It looks like there's a whole lot of moving and shaking going on, and it's going to be just kind of, in my opinion, kind of a wait-and-see type situation. You know, I mean, it's going to be one of those situations where you'll just have to see, I guess, when we see. Because I don't understand every element and every twist and turn that has happened as far as the changes to the guidelines, how long you've got to isolate. When does day one start? You know, they're talking about going from 10 days of isolation, which would put Carson Wentz out, to five days of isolation. But is day one today? Is day one tomorrow? Is day five when you wake up Sunday morning? Or is that Monday? You know what I mean? There's so many questions that I don't know. And I don't think that anyone really does, you know, and then to me, one of the things that I found to be really, I don't know if, I don't think curious, but maybe strange is the right word for it, is the fact that all of a sudden, according to the CDC, (laughs) and I say that in air quotes because that's what is being put in all these quotes and tweets that are sent out by Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero and Vinny Bonsignor and Vic Tafer and Tashawn Reed. And, you know, according to all these reports, By what the CDC is saying, they're going to have you isolate if you ended up testing positive on the COVID-19 list for the same amount of days if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, which kind of goes back to the beginning of the season, (laughs) way before the beginning of the season, back in the summertime, when they said, hey, you've got to be vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you'll have a competitive edge over the ones that aren't. And so that was one of the big pushes 
for teams to make sure all their players were vaccinated. So now, and again, I get it. This is like the weather. The weather is something that you think you can predict, and then all of a sudden, it's something totally different. I feel like that that's probably the best description I can give of it is that it's like the weather. You really kind of never know what you're going to expect and what you're going to get. One day you're hearing one thing, and the next day you're hearing something totally different. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just ride the wave. A lot of Raider fans are upset, saying that, hey, you know, they're making these rule changes because the Raiders all of a sudden have a competitive advantage again. And they're trying to get the Colts, Carson Wentz back so he can be out there and perform and, and potentially win against the, the Colts or against the Raiders. But I say, I look at it and say, hey, if they do move it to five days, everybody that we talked about on Monday, they're coming back. As long as they're symptom-free, they're coming back. So I wouldn't mind the Colts going out there with Carson Wentz. I really wouldn't, and I'll bring DeMond Cotton in on this conversation in just a second. I wouldn't mind the Colts rolling out there Carson Wentz. I, would, I really wouldn't because I think when it comes to the Colts, the, the guy that you have to worry about is in the backfield, Jonathan Taylor. I'll take my chances with Carson Wentz. I'd much rather have the guys that are on the COVID-19 reserve list for the Raiders be back in action because I think those guys, especially based off what they did last week against Denver, have a good chance of keeping the Raiders in this game on Sunday. So if you want to talk about competitive advantages, I'd much rather have the Denzel Perrymans, the K.J. Wrights, the Casey Haywards, you know what I mean, Darius Phylons, Corey Littletons. I'd much rather have those guys back than even worry about Carson Wentz. I'll, I'll, I don't, I'll, take, I'll take a chance. You know, <laughs> go ahead, Carson, you know, beat the team with your arm. Show that you can beat them with your arm. I don't think you can. I'd take my chance. But again, we don't know. So that's a conversation that we just have to kind of go through and navigate. And DeMond, uh, we mentioned this, you know, in passing in the hallway before I left to come over here to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And I said that exact point. Hey, if, if the Colts are able to get some of their guys back, I'm okay with that because the Raiders are going to get their guys back. But then you brought up a good point about the Colts' offensive line. Oh, yeah. That, that Besides their left tackle, both of their guards and their right tackle were also on the COVID list. And I think that's a bigger factor. If, if you were, if you asked the Colts, who would you want, your entire starting offensive line or Carson Wentz, they probably want that offensive line back even more. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know, you know, how much the – you know, the goalposts are going to be moved. I don't know how many rules are going to be changed. I really don't. Again, it's something that we just got to continue to monitor. And I hate, this is something that we talked about on yesterday's show, uh, that it's, it's like every time you, you go to Twitter and you refresh, it's something else. It's a new, it's a new you know, story or a new rule or something else has changed. Uh, as of what, about a couple hours ago, Adam Schefter said, NFL and NFLPA are getting close to adopting the new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time to five days from 10 days for all players, including those who are unvaccinated and vaccinated. Agreement could be done today per sources. So then does that new guideline go into effect tomorrow? Does it go into effect? I mean, when does it, you know what I mean? There's just so many questions I have, and I really don't know when we're going to get the answers, but all I can say, Raider Nation, is just buckle up and, and like I said, just kind of ride the wind, you know, ride, go, go with the waves, you know, do what you, do you got to do. I mean, because it's really, I don't think anyone has a concrete answer on exactly how this thing is going to go. So that's obviously one of the things we'll be talking about on today's show. Uh, I do want to let you know about the guests that are coming up on the show at 2.30. Mike McCarthy, he's from Front Office Sports. He's a senior writer. He's not uh, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, Mike McCarthy is going to join us to talk about all Madden. And and I have to get this conversation in today because 
It was a, a documentary on John Madden that was aired on Christmas. I wanted to talk about it yesterday, but we had so much to talk about uh, on, on Monday that I never got around to it. And I wanted to have a guest on to kind of give his thoughts on it and, and talk about what he saw from the documentary. Everybody to a T, and DeMond was one of them, every single person I saw talking about all Madden on Twitter while it was airing on Christmas was like, this is fantastic. I was texting back and forth with my mom, and she was saying, this is fantastic. You know, she was locked in. I, I texted her because all of a sudden, I actually, it was funny, I was sitting in my backyard, and I was talking to the wife, and I thought, oh, yeah, coming up in a little while is going to be the All Madden documentary, so I got to make sure I, I watch it or make sure I DVR it so I can go back and watch it later. And I went to turn on the TV, and it was literally, the credits were rolling like it was about to come on. I thought, okay, it's a little earlier than I thought it was coming on, but all right, cool, I'm glad I caught it. And I sat right down and watched the whole thing. So I immediately texted my mom and said, hey, All Madden's on right now. She said, yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm good, I'm, I'm watching it. So everyone that I saw talking about it, Loved it. So we're going to get Mike McCarthy's thoughts. Again, he's a senior writer from Front Office Sports, uh, been around the NFL for a very long time. He'll, get his, he'll give his thoughts on all Madden. Plus, I'll ask him about what's going on in the NFL and everything COVID-19 related and how this season could potentially shake out. So that's at 2.30. Coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Join us. He's our weekly Tuesday guest at 3. Uh, we'll just break down all things NFL. We'll talk about uh, the, the, the wrap-up of the season as there's two weeks left in the regular season, how this thing could shake out. The Miami Dolphins, they won their Monday night football game last night. Right now there's a four-way tie uh, for the last spot uh, in the playoffs, and right now the Miami Dolphins are in. And I misspoke on my podcast this morning, and uh, I apologize for that, but uh, it was so confusing with all these different – tiebreaker rules and the fact that Miami has the tiebreaker over one team and then another team has a tiebreaker over another team and then the Chargers have the tiebreaker over the Raiders. It was so many different things that were being said that I got confused. So uh, I guess the easiest way to put it, as I've talked to many people today and a lot of people reached out to me by way of Twitter, and I do appreciate that to kind of help me get this thing figured out, that apparently if the Raiders win, they're in. They just win out, they're in. And they'll have the tiebreaker because of the the, Chicago, the the Chargers that they'll play, obviously, the last game of the season at Allegiant Stadium. But, again, first things first, you've got to win this game on, the, on Sunday against the Colts. And then there's actually a long shot chance that they're still not eliminated, even if they lose on Sunday. But that's not what you want to do. You want to be able to just go out there and handle your business and win your game, uh, win your final two games, and then there's no questions left. So uh, there's a lot to unpack. So we'll do that with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. And then – at 3.30, got my buddy, Mike Hardball Harge, and he's a guy that I used to have on my radio show a lot when I was in Central Texas. He's actually in Texas. He's in San Antonio and Austin, uh, does radio there. He does a fantastic job. But he's going to talk to us about Sam Ellinger, and the reason I want to do that is because Sam Ellinger currently is the backup for the Indianapolis Colts. He's a rookie out of UT. Uh, a lot of folks that listen to us in the Lone Star State know exactly who Sam, Sam Ellinger is. Uh, a lot of people that you know, are fans of college football and cover the, and follow the Big 12 are uh, familiar with Sam Ellinger. He is the backup to Carson Wentz right now. So he is the guy that is in line to start on Sunday versus the Raiders if Carson Wentz doesn't come back and if the Colts don't go out and make a move for uh, Phillip Rivers, who I've, I've seen that. I've seen that rumor out there that the Colts uh, have been talking to Phillip Rivers and could potentially bring him back if Carson Wentz misses, which I think is funny. Um, I, I mean, even if they do bring him back, I know he's a veteran. I know he knows the scheme, and he was there with the Colts last season. But to me, and this is just me, I find it kind of hard to believe that on, well, in late December, January, matter of fact, in 2022, after missing the whole season, he's going to roll in there and be able to sling the ball around the yard and win a game or multiple games for the Colts. I, I, that's just me. I Did mean, again, he's a veteran. Last night? <laughs> 
I did see Ian Book last night. I did see him throw a, a, a touchdown pass. It was just to the wrong team. <laughs> was, but I'm sure you know, like he, like Saints were thinking the same thing. Like, hey, he knows the system. He was just here last year. You roll out that rookie, you don't know what you're going to get. Right. No, I mean, that's, that's real. That's real. But I just, again, I, I find it hard to believe that he's just going to be able to. And maybe he's been working on this for a while. Maybe he's been preparing. I don't know. So maybe he's, you know, in tip-top shape. Who knows? But, look, Phillip Rivers, at the, end of his, uh, at the end of the season last year, looked like he was a shell of himself anyway. I can only imagine what he looks like a, a year removed. I mean, maybe he's good for a game. Maybe he's good for two games. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it, but we'll see what happens. So coming up at 3.30, uh, excited to talk to Mike Hardball-Hards just to give us an idea of what he thinks Sam Ellinger could bring to the, to the table as a rookie who so far this year has three carries for nine yards. No pass attempts, three carries for nine yards. He's a guy that does have some wheels. I'll say that. He can keep some plays alive with his feet, but he has not attempted a pass. So he may be a guy who ends up starting on Sunday for the Indianapolis Colts. And Mike Harbaugh-Harge, he'll talk to us about him. He covered him while he was at UT. He did radio right there, the flagship station for the Texas Longhorns. So uh, he knows him about as well as anybody. So uh, he'll give us a good preview of what to expect from Ellinger, and that'll come up at 3.30. So a lot to get to on today's show. As I do each and every day, I like to bring a topic or two or three <laughs> to, the, to the show and get some feedback from Raider Nation on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200 and also the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. So with knowing what you know right now, which as I mentioned at the top of the show, it could change before this show is over. You know, but knowing what you know right now, Knowing how things could change with a blink of an eye, what is your gut feeling on this Raiders-Colts game for Sunday and why? Looking for the gut feeling right now on Tuesday. Again, your gut feeling today will probably be different on Friday because the way that everything is shaken out, I'm almost guaranteed it will not be the same situation. But as of right now, knowing what the Raiders need to do, knowing what they could potentially do, and knowing who they could potentially be doing it with, what are your gut feelings and why? Let us know about that. And then, since we're going to be talking about All Madden with Mike McCarthy from Front Office Sports, I want to know what were your thoughts when you saw the All Madden documentary on Christmas? Were you uh, a big fan of it like I was? I know for me, when things leave me wanting more, that's when they are really good. When All Madden got wrapped up, when the show was over on Christmas Day, I, I looked at the wife and said, man, just give me 30 more minutes. Just give me 30 more minutes. That's all I need. I saw Damon. Damon, I saw you on Twitter saying... I'm ready to run through a wall right now. I mean, I, I saw how fired up you were. We talked about it on Saturday night at the Rockstar, but what were your thoughts? Just break it down. We haven't really had a good talk about it. What were your thoughts when you saw the All Madden documentary on Christmas? I thought it was outstanding. So many times now with docs, people want to make it like The Last Dance or five, six part, so many episodes. That was the type of documentary where it could have been multiple episodes. All the people that they talked to, I know that they left so much on the cutting room floor, and I just wanted to see more. Like, like you said, I was pumped up. Right. No, I was too. I was fired up. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know what this is, or I think this is uh, 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 my mom, the, the, the mom side of me that's coming out. Uh, I always say that I am my, my mother's son. I almost got a little emotional at the end. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm thinking back now, I don't even know why. I really don't. But it's just, it was, it was funny. I was sitting there watching it and I kept like wiping the corner of my eye. And I was like, man, why is my eye like getting moist? And I don't know what it was. I really don't. I, I could go back and watch it right now, and I still couldn't tell you why I started to feel like a little emotional. But it, I did. I'm, I'm not joking. So I'm just going to blame that on my mom. The word it's is her moving. Fault. It was just moving. Where it's like, 
I do. You sometimes you watch stuff and you you get a little teary eyed, and it's just like you're just moved. Now, see, I don't want to admit that it was a tear. <laughs> I said it was. I said it was a little moisture in my eye, Demon. Let's not go there. The tears. Come on. <laughs> but I did. It was weird, man. I was like, man, I'm getting a little getting a little emotional here. I, I, Kind of glad this thing is over, you know I mean? It, but it was good. It was really good, in my opinion. So, uh, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you on both subjects. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the All Madden documentary? If you saw the All Madden documentary. If you didn't, uh, it's going to re-air when, uh, Damon, on January 3rd? Was that the day? Yeah, January 3rd is going to be out on streaming platforms, so you can check it out on ESPN Plus if you got that, or Peacock if you got that. Okay, there it is. There it is. So, uh, yeah, if you did not get to see it, you definitely need to check it out. So I uh, want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Again, 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and hit up the, the text line right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, got a text from the 209, ride the wave. Wasn't that the Oakland Athletics slogan last year? Let's go Oakland. Um, I thought, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember if that was or not. I remember rooted in Oakland, and I thought that that was uh, – that was cool, but funny at the same time because I just don't know what's going to go on with their their stadium situation. So I thought their whole rooted in Oakland thing was kind of not silly, but just kind of whatever. Since they're trying to use Las Vegas to try to get themselves a new stadium and, and all this other stuff, I thought, well, that's you know that's that's a, that's a good slogan if it was a hundred percent a hundred percent factual. I just didn't know how much it was, but I'm not sure. Uh, oh yes, right? that was a that was, was a slogan for the Athletics last season when they were on okay. a 13 game win streak. Oh, okay, right cool. Wave. All right, I like that. All right, well, represent right there from the 209. I can appreciate that. Um, got a text from Raider J from Sacramento, the 916. The commissioner is listening to his wife too much since she's employed with Fox News. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much of that has to do with anything, but uh, I just think, honestly, Raider J, I think that the, I think the NFL is just trying to do anything that they can to make sure that these games get played. I really do. And we'll ask John McClain at 3 o'clock. I just think that they're trying to do anything in their power to make sure that these games get played. And the more and more folks that are going on the COVID-19 list, I mean, again, like they said, they, the, even the media, we've got to make sure that our booster shots are, are done and taken care of by January 12th of 2022. If we want to cover the league, if we want to cover the team, if we want to be at the Super Bowl, if we want to be at the, any of the playoff games, we've got to make sure our boosters are, are in line. So uh, just a heads up. I have mine scheduled for tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, when they put a date on it, <laughs> you go and you act. When there's a date on it, you know there's a deadline, you got to go ahead and make it happen. It's something I've been trying to work on for the last couple of weeks anyway, but uh, I got that sense of urgency when they gave me a date. So uh, mine will be taken care of tomorrow. But, I mean, even the media has to do it just so that they, they can be, you know, they can feel better anyway. At least they feel better that they're doing the right thing. But at the same time, uh, you, I, I just don't think that you really know. I really don't. I think that there's so many questions. There's more questions than answers, in my opinion. But uh, I, I don't know how much uh, Roger Goodell's listening to his wife more as just trying to get these games in. Um, got a text from the 408. Don't forget to ask the Texans guy, which you forgot to ask him last week. Well, what was I? What was I? What did I? What did I ask him? Or what did I forget to ask him last week? I have I no forget, idea. I don't either. I remember the the first week, like two weeks ago, I forgot to ask him about Deshaun Watson, but I did ask him about that last week. So. If I forgot something else, my bad. <laughs> I apologize. So, uh, yeah, let me know. Hit me back and let me know what I need to ask them. Uh, I'll definitely get that question in. And that's, that's, a, that's how we use the text line, man. If you have something that you want me to ask any of our guests that are coming up, uh, feel free to uh, hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Even while they're on, I'll uh, continue to make sure I have this up so I can see it. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Q, can the football gods be sending us a sign? 
Wentz is now possibly out for this upcoming game. If that's the case, the games must go on. I've said it one game at a time. This game coming up is huge. It's a playoff game. We must take advantage of this opportunity versus Indy. Let's go Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I mean, it's it's funny. It's not funny because it's talking about COVID, so I can't say it's funny. But it's just it's 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 strange how things are lining up. Let's put it like that. You know, one one week you think, okay, this is the the team that you're going to face, and then all of a sudden you see they're hit with COVID. And you know, again, they moved that Cleveland game to Monday. Uh, we don't know how much it helped, if any. I don't really think it did. But it's like one week after the other, there's some kind of situation that happens. But you can only play who's out there. And I will never say that, hey, that was, a, that was a gift or that was an easy win just because they're, they're just they're not set up like that. You know, the Miami Dolphins are on a seven-game win streak. Go back and look at the teams they've beaten and the quarterbacks that they faced. The only one that is worth the salt is Lamar Jackson. Out of the seven games, go back, go back and look. Out of the seven teams that they've defeated on their seven-game winning streak, the only quarterback worth the salt is Lamar Jackson. But with that being said, a seven-game win streak is a seven-game win streak. And any team in the league will take it. I don't care who the quarterback is. Raider Nation will take a victory if they can get one on Sunday against Sam Ellinger. And when someone says, yeah, but that was the backup quarterback that's never even thrown a pass in the NFL, it does not matter. A lot of people always reference 2016 when it comes to the Raiders in the playoffs. The Raiders went into a playoff game, a playoff game, with a quarterback who had never started a game (laughs) in Connor Cook. And I was there. It wasn't pretty. Any other quarterback that was... Even Matt McGloin, who got injured and wasn't able to play in that game, he would have, in my opinion, won that game because Houston wasn't very good, in my opinion, again. I think that, well, Derek Carr would have definitely won the game, no doubt about it. Matt McGloin, I think, could have won that game against the Houston Texans. Then they would have gone on to face the Patriots, and who knows what would have happened after that. But even if you had Matt McGloin, you have a fighting chance. You had Connor Cook out there, you had no chance, just no chance. And they still put up somewhat of a fight. Until, until they didn't. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's crazy that the way that all these quarterbacks are needed and all of a sudden you see, just like DeMond said earlier, you know, Ian Book out there for the Saints. They're on their fourth string quarterback. How many teams go into the league think, or going into a, a, a year thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to go through four quarterbacks this season? Nobody. Nobody at all, which is how bizarre and crazy the season has been. But then it's been awesome because everyone is still in the mix, and it's December 28th. I mean, I love the fact that everybody going into week 17 is still in the mix. Basically, teams, what, 1 through 11 are basically still in the mix? That's fantastic. It's great for the NFL. It's great for fan bases in general. It keeps you locked in even when you say you're done. And I'm not just talking about Raider Nation. There's so many fan bases. Think about Miami again. Seven-game win streak. When they were 1-7, and seven, <laughs> you think anybody that's a Dolphin fan was saying, hey, I think this team's going to go on a run. We're holding in tight. I'll say this. I got to give Brian Flores a lot of credit, a ton of credit. How do you keep a team engaged that's on a seven-game losing streak? How do you keep, keep them locked in to go out there and believe what you're, 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 you're preaching and go out there and execute? But they – they did it. They found a way to do it. And they still got a question of quarterback. They don't even know two is their guy. What? No, two is the guy. How do you know? He's like, he, seven How? game win streak. He just put the team on his back. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Seven games. He went through Ian Book, the Jets twice. Right. Come on, uh, yo, put some respect on Tua's name. I will put some respect on that <laughs> Dolphin defense. And I will I will give Tua respect. 
Because, yeah, he's guided the ship. He's done that. He's he accurate has it. with his dink and dunk. Uh, he, he wasn't too accurate tonight, or not tonight, but uh, Monday night when he's throwing interceptions to the safety for the Saints and just, you know, he didn't look that hot, but their defense is good enough to get it done. And that's what they were doing. So, <laughs> yeah, they don't, have, they don't know if he's the guy. And I think what really makes them mad in Miami is they know that they could have had Justin Herbert. So I think it makes it worse. You know what I mean? It's not like Tua was the only guy that they had the option of. They had the option of getting Justin Herbert, and they went with Tua, and then they see what Herbert's doing with the Chargers, think, man, that could have been us. That could have been us. You know, and so that, that I think, is, is what makes the, the conversation even worse for Tua in Miami. I like the guy. I just don't know if he's a long-term answer at the quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins. You said we had a call. Who, who did we have up? I'm sorry. Raider Goose in Fresno. Raider Goose out the 559. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man. What's up, Q? What's up, fellas? How's it going? Chilling. Chilling. Uh, uh, just uh, referencing your question about how I feel about the game as of today, our defense is what what kind of scares me for this game, especially with all those linebackers out, Hayward out. Um, I wasn't really too worried about wins, um, uh, you know, not being a big factor in this game, mm-hmm. only because they have Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. He could really win this game without wins being out. So, I mean, hopefully these guys come back by Sunday. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I'm not real worried about Carson Wentz either, but I will give you a quick update. Adam Schefter tweeted out nine minutes ago, NFL and NFLPA now have adopted the new CDC guidelines that reduce the quarantine time to five days from ten days for all COVID-positive players who are asymptomatic, including those who are, are unvaccinated. A break for Colts quarterback Carson Wentz, who is unvaccinated and tested positive today. So that is the latest and the greatest from Shefty. So take it and do what you, you will with it because it's only Tuesday. And we still have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to figure out exactly what's going to still go down on Sunday between the Colts and the Raiders. So we'll get back to that conversation. We'll take more calls and more of your texts uh, coming up in a few minutes. But coming up next, Mike McCarthy from Front Office Sports. He's a senior writer. He's going to join us to talk about the documentary All Madden. It aired on Christmas. We'll get his thoughts. We'll do it next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And we are live right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Be here till 4 o'clock. Definitely appreciate uh, them housing us this afternoon. And definitely appreciate our next guest that we have on the show, Mike McCarthy, front office sports senior writer, does a fantastic job in covering the NFL uh, for many moons. And, Mike, we do appreciate your time as always. And I wanted to have you on to talk about the All Madden documentary. It aired on Christmas. And uh, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were saying how how good it was and how exceptional it was. And I saw your your notes about Fox and how that they need to go ahead and get the Emmy right away for that uh, that performance. <laughs> or what they put together. What were your overall thoughts on, on the All Madden documentary? Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I just tweeted out, just give Fox the Emmy right now. It was that good. Uh, it was brilliant storytelling about a figure who's really Mount Rushmore for the modern NFL. Uh, you know, John Madden not only changed the way the NFL was coached, but especially the way it was broadcast. I mean, if you saw that, his broadcast coaching tree is just phenomenal. It's kind of like the Belichick or... Porcel's coaching tree. Right. It really is. And, I mean, he just had his own unique style, and he was just a, a, such a, a larger-than-life personality. And, and, Mike, one of the things that got me was that's not even something he wanted to do. He just did it because the opportunity was presented to him. 
Exactly. I mean, he was uh, he knew he didn't want to coach anymore. Of course, like Parcells, who came along 20 years later, he just couldn't do it, which is why it's amazing somebody like Bill Belichick could do it year after year. I mean, you realize when these guys lose, it, it takes some of their guts. It takes their heart. They can't do it anymore. And then when he did it, he was such a natural. You know, everybody was like, this guy is explaining the NFL and the game of football in a way anybody could understand. Female fans, kids, casual fans, we could all uh, get it. And he did it in that entertaining boom, pow way that was just mm-hmm. made him one of a kind. Yeah, it, it really did. And again, it was so much fun. And even just hearing you do the boom, the pow, I mean, that just, it kind of puts a <laughs> smile on your face because you know that, I mean, he, was, he wasn't trying to be funny. He wasn't trying to be larger than life. He was just being him. You know, he was just being natural. And that's what I think made it so cool. And, you know, the thing about it, Mike, is that so many fans know who John Madden is, but for different reasons. You know, coaching, uh, being a broadcaster, the video game. is Like you mentioned, being on the Mount Rushmore of, of the NFL, is there another person that can, you know, transcend on so many different levels like John Madden? No, I think he is absolutely unique. I mean, the fact that he won a Super Bowl and was a broadcaster three times as long as he was a head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then he comes along and, you know, turns Madden uh, NFL into, you know what I mean, maybe the world's premier video game. I mean, you don't even have to say the name. You just say Madden, and mm-hmm. you know exactly what it's talking about. And as he himself said on the documentary and others said, you know, a lot of kids have learned how to play football by playing Madden. So, yeah, he, he's touched so many things. But you know what? He, he's also beyond smart. He's not just a clown. I mean, I've heard stories about him. Do you know uh, the reason why uh, the NFL starts now in prime time, kicks off at that prime time game? It's because of John Madden. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. John Madden said, you know, baseball has an opening day. Why don't we have an opening day, an opening weekend, instead of the season just starting? He was behind that. Wow, that's that is that is amazing, and, and I, I wasn't really aware of that. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's just it's so it's so cool to learn so many different things. And I felt like I, I took a lot away from that documentary that I learned about John Madden as a as a lifelong Raider fan. You know, I felt like okay, I know John Madden really well, but just to know, you know, all the players and coaches that went out to say something about him. How how big is it when Lawrence Taylor, one of the greatest to ever do it, comes out and says John Madden made him a better football player? <laughs> LT was great, wasn't he? He yes. said, the NFL asked me to do it, and I ain't doing that crap. John Madden <laughs> asked me to do it. I'm showing up. Uh, yeah, I mean, he made tur- he made Thanksgiving uh, Day, you know, a day that is uh, synonymous with the NFL. He made uh, so much uh, that uh, we know is the modern NFL popular. The, the opening weekend, the Thanksgiving, the, the telestrator, the crazy antics in the booth. I mean, he's just one of a kind. Yeah, he, he really is, uh, again, a, a, a personality that was larger than life. And, uh, again, just being natural, not trying to be over the top, just being who he is. Right now we're talking with Mike McCarthy from Front Office Sports. He's a senior writer on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, I learned a lot. I felt like I learned a lot about John Madden in that documentary. What was one of your biggest takeaways from that documentary? Well, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me is fans today don't realize how big Madden was at his peak. Mm-hmm. He was almost bigger than the NFL. At one point, John Madden, as a broadcaster, made more than any player on the field. Wow. That's important. That's how important it was. He was so valued. He was so sought after as a broadcaster. He worked for every single network. They fought over him like uh, cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be a Fox Sports today if it wasn't for John Madden. John Madden signing with Fox Sports 
which at the time was known for, you know, married with children and, <laughs> you know, and crazy reality shows when animals attack made right. them a network. So, I mean, so much of modern uh, NFL TV is directly attributable to John Madden. How big was that when Fox made that decision to dive the waters of the NFL and go get John Madden and say, we're going to do this. And like you said, Married with Children, Beverly Hills 90210, those kind of shows, that's what Fox was all about. How big was that? Huge. They had nothing. They had no infrastructure. <laughs> they had no talent, no directors, no PAs, no nothing. But they had one thing. They had John Madden, and he was the Pied Piper. If you notice, all these CBS people, the Richie Zionses in the world, and Fred Gadelli's and all these people who work with him at CBS, they made a conga line over to Fox. Mm-hmm. So just getting uh, John, La- John Madden was the key. Once you had him, everything fell into place. It really did, really did. Right now we're talking with Mike McCarthy. He's a senior writer for Front Office Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond in the home studios. Got a question for you? Yeah, Mike, speaking about how John Madden was just bigger than life and the way he's changed commentating, do you think that anyone can, like, maybe take that Madden role larger than life in commentary? Because I see that you wrote a piece about how Amazon is trying to take, may potentially be in the running to take the Manning cast away from ESPN. I do, I do think, uh, you know what I mean, broadcasting is always changing. I mean, the Manning cast is today's hot thing. Uh, Amazon wants it. Hell, everybody wants it because... ESPN doesn't own it. Peyton Manning owns it. But, I mean, as you could see that, uh, you know, even Tony Romo was the, the hottest analyst of the three or four years. I mean, as hot as he's been and as popular as he's been, nobody has yet to equal John Madden. Could it happen? Sure. I mean, you could have somebody who come along with that kind of uh, mix of intelligence and championship caliber and charm and the ability to explain something very intricate in a very simple uh, couple of sentences, but I haven't seen it yet. You know, I see a lot of different documentaries, and I hear a lot of uh, different former players talk about Coach Madden and how uh, they just love playing for him. From your understandings, what made Coach Madden such a a player's coach and such a guy that so many guys wanted to play for? Because he was a lineman. You know, he was kind of like an Andy Reid type. He was a guy who really popularized the play of the offensive line. I mean, at the time, uh, in the 1970s and 80s, all we focused on was, you know, quarterbacks, linebackers, running backs, you know, Larry Zonkas of the world. And Manning was the first guy who said, no, this game is won and lost in the trenches between the offensive line and the defensive line. He was one of them. He was a guy you knew if he had his uh, way, would probably get down in the mud with him, put a helmet on and play in the snow. And when you have a coach like that, you'll go through a wall for him. I think everyone, including my man DeMon Cotton in the home studio, he, he tweeted out right after the show that he's ready to run through a wall right now. You know, I mean, that's how that's how pumped up he was for that documentary. And, you know, Mike, one of the things that when you know something is really good and you know as a writer as well that it's so good that it, it leaves you wanting more. That's how I felt when that documentary ended. I just wanted like another 30 minutes of it. Yeah, I mean – that was a, it was a two-hour documentary, but it was really, uh, the running time was about 90 minutes. Right. I could have watched that three or four parts. I mean, you know, they, they could have easily done like a Michael Jordan last dance around John Madden because, I mean, his career had so many phases. You had his coaching career. Well, during that 10 years, I mean, not only did he win the Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings, but look at the teams the Raiders competed against every year. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the, the Immaculate Reception, and all these crazy important games. Then you have a, a nearly 30-year career broadcasting, 
where, as Troy Aikman said, he was really the soundtrack for so many Hall of Fame careers, including the Cowboys' three Super Bowl wins. And then, you know, you could have done a whole special special just on, you know, the phenomenon of the Madden game and all the ramifications there. So uh, I'm like you, it, it left me hungry, but that's the old broad, uh, broadcast adage, leave them wanting more. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You're not, you don't never want them to say, like, hey, get this thing wrapped up. <laughs> you know, like, hey, exactly, we're done. Exactly, <laughs> right. You're losing me, you know. Right, yeah, you never want that scenario. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was really cool was all the current players, and, and we've seen it throughout the course of history as well. I saw a lot of uh, former players on Twitter saying that, you know, when Madden recognized and put them on that all-Madden team, how much that meant to them, where that was even bigger than some guys getting elected to go to the Pro Bowl. Like, being on the all-Madden team was huge. That was huge. And it wasn't about stats. It was about grit and toughness and heart. You know, there's a great mm-hmm. quote in the, you know, the soundtrack to NFL films. I think it was Marty Schottenheimer. It's like, this is a game of the heart. You focus, you finish. And that was what John Madden was all about. Focus, finish, play your heart out, play tough, play to the whistle, and you're a Madden kind of guy. Right, absolutely, and it, it was. I mean, it was so fun to watch that and see the players' reactions. Even a guy like Lamar Jackson, who was just happy to be a 99 in his in his video game, you know, because he knows how big of a deal that is. Again, all these young guys growing up playing uh, Madden, I, that used to be a go-to for me. I used to, every time it, it came out, I would be there, the first guy in line to go get it at the store, and I think when Richard Sherman was <laughs> right. on the cover, it just kind of, it just ended after that. I just didn't have time to play video games. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. You knew the football season was right around the corner when that game dropped. That's right. Well, how about Nate Newton and the Cowboys? I mean, yes. you know, those Cowboys were about as star-filled as you can get, you know, with, with Troy and Emmett and the Playmaker and, you know what I mean, all this. And, you know, and here he is on the telecast. He's focusing on, you know, a guard or a tackle. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Just, just showing the, the, the view is all the, the incredible ways this guy is impacting the game. He's just, uh, you know, really groundbreaking stuff. It really was. It was fantastic. And, Mike, before we let you go, what did you think of the fact that he was there? He was on camera. He was heavily involved, was able to hear what these different players and coaches and people were saying about him. And it's the first time we've seen him on camera in a very long time. Yeah, I I loved it. I mean, I I had heard that his mind is great, but he doesn't do a lot of interviews because you could see physically his voice isn't what it is. And mm-hmm. if you're John Madden, everybody expects you're going to be the guy who's going to bust through the wall, right, during right. The, the middle of light commercial. Yes. Screaming. And, you know, the guy's 85. He doesn't have the voice. He doesn't, you know, have that kind of energy. But but his mind is a, is a steel trap. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another quick uh, John Madden story I heard from the guys at Fox. You know what I mean? When they were uh, waiting around to go somewhere, he'd be in a lobby, and he would just watch people. And he would look at how they dressed or how they tied their shoes. And he could read the person like on the spot. Like, this guy's organized. That guy's disorganized. This guy's on the ball. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. Just that kind of attention to detail is what made him great. Yeah, and he was such a people's person. That was something I learned from the documentary. You know, when he was on the road, he would stop and just talk to maybe a trucker that – they're doing real business. You know, that's one of the things he said. Hey, these are, these are guys that do this work every single day. We're talking about football. This is a game. They're, they're real life. But he was so heavily involved with people. I thought that was special, too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was like a politician. I mean, at his peak, Madden could have run for president. He probably could have won. 
right? Probably would have been fun to see. <laughs> you know, probably would have been <laughs> probably would have been a lot of fun to see. Well, Mike, we definitely appreciate your time. I just I saw your tweet and I said, you know what? I wanted to get your thoughts and know. Like I said, you've been around the game for a, a very long time. Before I let you go, I did want to ask you current NFL everything going on with the COVID nineteen issues and the protocols changing and all these players going out. Well, what are your thoughts on just the, the the state of the game right now as far as the league trying to get all these games in and having an extra game this year as opposed to sixteen like they did a year ago? I support trying to get the games in. You know what I mean? If the players are asymptomatic, you know, uh, and you know, there's no medical issues, then I think you should let them play. Uh, in terms of the, you know what I mean, the 17 game season, it was inevitable because yep. the NFL has always been about one thing: money. money. I mean, you know, what I mean? when I was growing up, it was a 14 game season. Then when there was 16 games, right? <laughs> it was a 17 game season. And five years, you know, five years from now, you and I are going to be on the air talking about an 18 game season. Exactly. So uh, you know, it, it shows you, like, they've always got their eye on the prize, and their eye on the prize is they want $25 billion in revenue by 2025. Whew, that's, man, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't want that revenue? <laughs> that's, man, that is fantastic. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, definitely appreciate your time. Uh, again, Mike is the, the senior writer for Front Office Sports. You can find him on Twitter at MCCarthyREV. And uh, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you today. Thank you, Raider Nation. Appreciate it. There he goes, Mike McCarthy, front office sports. Uh, just wanted to catch up with him and talk about the All Madden uh, documentary. Thought it was fantastic. Saw some of his tweets that he put out on on uh, Christmas Day about it, and just thought that you know he'd be a good good guy that's been covering the league for a very long time to be able to speak on it. Got one text from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Q and D. The Madden documentary was absolutely great. It made me want to put on the old shoulder pads. Couldn't have asked for a better Christmas Day treat on TV. Again, Sir Whiskey Ray. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. Your calls, your texts, they're coming up next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got about 10 minutes left in hour number one of the show. Kicking off hour number two, we'll talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Talk all things NFL. Of course, we'll lead with this from Lindsey Jones on Twitter. We have confirmed the NFL is now the first pro sports league to adapt its COVID-19 protocols to align with the CDC's new quarantine recommendations from 10 days to five for asymptomatic individuals, regardless of VAC status. And she goes on to say there is no testing requirement for NFL players to be released from quarantine after five days, source confirms. This will all hinge on players' honesty reporting their symptoms after testing positive. So no test to get out of quarantine. You do the five days and you're good. Now, again, I don't know if it's clear when the five days start for a guy like Carson Wentz. Obviously, I think this is good news for the Raiders that went into quarantine on Monday. This is good for Brian Edwards, who possibly started on Sunday, because that's when we found out about it. So did it start on – that's the thing. Did Brian Edwards' quarantine start on Sunday when we found out about it, or did it start on Monday? Regardless, he'll clear that five days as long as he doesn't have symptoms. And all the guys that we talked about yesterday, they'll all return. Does Carson Wentz first day start today? Does it start tomorrow? Sounds like they'll get their, uh, some of their offensive line guys back who've been out. 
but it's official like a referee's whistle. So we'll start off when we talk to John McClain to talk about that, and maybe he'll have a little bit more clarification. But let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Aaron, right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Aaron? What's up, Q? Uh, let me start this conversation off by saying uh, belated Merry Christmas to you and DeMond. I hope you and your family had a good Christmas. Appreciate you. you um, I did watch that uh, Madden documentary on Christmas Day. It, it was a great documentary, but I was a little disappointed because they didn't bring up Tur Duncan. That's the first <laughs> time I ever saw or heard Tur Duncan when I was watching Madden back in the day. They brought it up on the show. Yeah, yeah they did bring it up, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I must I, I must have went to the bathroom or something. <laughs> yeah, they had the guy on. He talked about all the sales that he made and everything after it. Oh yeah, I, I, I missed that part there, but that was that was a great documentary. And as far as this COVID thing going on with these Raiders and these Colts, I want I want the Colts to be full screen because I don't want to hear no excuses when we get in that ass. You know, <laughs> I uh, like it. I, I don't want to hear no excuses because we coming, we coming. There you go. So, I, I like that approach. I like that approach. Thank you so much for your call, my man. And again, uh, happy holidays to you and your. And yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a great attitude to have. I know everyone's not going to share that same thought, but that's a great attitude to have, man. Hey, I want you at full strength. I want to be at full strength as much as possible. Again, it's bad enough when you get to this part of the year and you're dealing with just injuries, like a hammy or an ankle or whatever the situation may be, a knee injury. But to have to deal with this on top of it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm okay with that. So, uh, yeah, good stuff right there. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go back out. Let's talk to our guy, Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Fabric Q, man. Much love, man. Thank you, man. What's up, DeMond? Man, I'm just like, oh, boy, man, bring it. I, man, this COVID stuff is – this is almost cartoonish, man. Like, from hour to hour, everything just changes. Like, they get the data that fast when it comes to anything that's going to help benefit us. But who cares, dude? Carson Wentz is one-dimensional. Sit him down. Defense is playing tough right now. I just hope all this bullcrap that's going on is just motivating this defense even more to just come out here because we were kicked. We were down, and this defense is just fighting, man, and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. But with – train of thought, Q. It's got me so confused because it's just like how – you can't even make this. You can't even make this up. You cannot make this up. So everything that happened at the beginning of the year is just washed out of the drain. I had COVID. When you get COVID, you ain't moving for a month. Guys who's unvaccinated saying they're getting COVID now and testing positive for COVID and think he's gonna play on on Sunday? No, I don't believe it, dude. So whatever these guys' games that these people are playing up, it's bullcrap, man. So whatever, we got to roll with it, roll with it, roll with it, roll with it, man. Thank you for what you did, man. Much love. Go out there and shut these boys down on Sunday. Boom. There it goes right there. Passionate Raider, thank you for the call. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's one of those situations, and that's why I started off the show saying I don't have all the answers. I'm not even going to pretend that I have all the answers because it, it's forever changing. It really is. Uh, just got a tweet from – well, got a, I saw a tweet, excuse me, from Tom Pelissero. I didn't get a tweet. He didn't tweet it at me. But he tweeted out, the NFL informed clubs that unvaccinated players who tested positive for COVID-19 in recent days, including Carson Wentz and linebacker Darius Leonard and Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams, are now eligible to play Sunday, provided symptoms have improved per sources. Now, what that means is if those guys are honest and they don't have any symptoms, then, yeah, they'll go on Sunday. 
If they have symptoms, then they won't go, if they're honest. So with all that being said, he still might not play on Sunday, for all we know. I mean, it looks like he will. Most likely he will. I can't see unless, like he, like passionate Raiders said, that you know he was down. I know guys that have gotten COVID and not had any kind of symptoms at all and didn't know that they even had COVID. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're, that could be the situation where none of them feel bad at all, and they're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. And so they go and play. So uh, it's, it's just one of those situations, man, it's fluid, and you just got to kind of continue to monitor it. But all signs are leaning to Wentz, Darius Leonard, and many more being back on Sunday to face the Raiders. And that's okay. That means the Raiders are going to get their guys back as well. 2.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.